Welcome to the Mind Over Matter podcast with Heather Hakes, where mindset is everything. Thank you for joining me for today's podcast. If you haven't yet, be sure to subscribe and leave me a review. This podcast is designed to help open your awareness to the truth of who you are, a limitless being. You are worthy and deserving of an abundant and prosperous life. It's time to peel back the false beliefs and live the life you dream about. For additional resources or to contact me directly, please visit my website, heatherhakes.com. Without further ado, let's dive into today's episode. Welcome to episode number 425. In today's podcast, my guest is sharing with you how you can rewire your brain to change your life. Welcome to today's interview. I brought on Pascal Brady. Pascal, welcome. Hi, Heather. Nice to nice to be here today. I'm so excited. Please give listeners a little background. Where do you live and what do you do? I live right outside of Washington, D.C. in Maryland in a small town called Gaithersburg, and I'm a life and business coach. I'm the challenge coach, and I help my clients transform their challenges into growth and success. I love that. And we're definitely going to deep dive. We've already been talking for a while, but um, I would love to deep dive because we definitely, we both nerd out on this, but the idea of neuroscience and how we have the ability to reprogram our mind. Yeah. So um, like I told you earlier, uh, neuroscience has really become a thing since I started becoming a coach. So 17 years, you know, 15, 20 years now, and it's kind of evolving rapidly and, and uh, uh, science is really finding out more and more information. But what I, the reason why I love it so much, and I, I help my clients do this, and I did it, you know, on myself as well, is that you, uh, you can go to the gym of the brain, the same way that you can go to the actual gym. And you can kind of think of your of your brain as a muscle, and you can train, retrain your your brain, you can rewire, it's kind of like a big electrical box, filled with wires. And the wires are kind of like the path that you take in your life. So the way you think, the way you act, the way you behave, the way you react, all of those things are wires in your brain, electrical wiring in your brain, and you can actually change that. Pardon the interruption. If this content is resonating with you, please be sure to leave a five-star review. I want to offer you some additional resources. Visit my website, heatherhakes.com, and sign up for my free video training on how to reprogram your subconscious mind. Again, visit my website, heatherhakes.com. I've also created a self-study course all about mindset and manifesting. You can find this on my website, heatherhakes.com forward slash course. Finally, if you are ready to deep dive and really transform your life, I offer one-on-one coaching. I will help you create clarity and a roadmap so you can live the life you dream about. Best part? Everything I teach, you can start implementing right now. To learn more and schedule your free discovery call, visit heatherhakes.com forward slash coaching. Now, back to regular programming. So if you have certain behaviors or patterns or thoughts uh, or beliefs about yourself that come from all of your history, your childhood, and that made you who you are today, and that's not serving you anymore, that's never served you, but it's definitely you find that you're kind of like sick of the patterns, sick of being stuck, sick of certain behaviors, and you want to change that, you can. And it's like a complete miracle. You can actually create a new electrical box with new wires in there and become a two-point version of yourself. It's 
it's unreal when it happens. I love this stuff. And so um, I've titled myself a mindset coach. And that's literally what I talk about, that I am like the personal trainer for your mind. And I nerd out on this stuff. And so something I, I'm very big on visuals. And so what I would like to give, and then let's deep dive this whole idea of neuroscience and reprogramming and understanding the subconscious. But what I talk about from a high level, very simplistic idea is what I call the thought cycle. That our thoughts create our emotions and feelings. Those lead to the actions or inactions we take and ultimately our results in life. So what I would like to do is give a real world example. So as an example, I think what we can all relate to the major life buckets, if you currently don't have the finances you want, the health you want, the relationships you want, et cetera, that's when I always talk about reverse engineering that it all comes back to thought. So can you give a real world example on, on people and you, cause you've coached for so long, people that have these feeling stuck in areas of life and what can they begin doing to rewire? I wish you had asked me this before we started so I couldn't think of an example. Okay, I'm just kidding. Um, I've coached hundreds and hundreds of people so I just have to think of somebody. There's, I don't know why, but I'm just gonna trust it because you and I believe of whatever happens as a, is, is there for a reason. So there's this one client in particular who came to me because of uh, feeling very insecure and very um, uh, afraid in the workplace. So she was really self-sabotaging herself by not being able to be assertive in email responses or in you know, uh, talking to her team or talking to her management. She was always second guessing herself and it was almost like sickly. It, it was almost impossible for her to. So her thought process was, well, what if I make a mistake? What if I'm wrong? What if I send this out and it creates a catastrophe, right? And so we worked on, uh, we worked a little bit on trying to figure out where did this come from? What was the original story? How did that originate in her? Because that's always, you don't want to spend a lot of time there, but it's always a good idea to understand where some story and some thought that you have and pattern is coming from so that then you can better debunk it and, and make it go. You know, if you know what the narrative is, it's easier to rewrite the narrative. So anyway, that we did that. But then I always tell my clients that really doesn't matter. What matters is how are you going to, what are you going to do differently? How are you going to start thinking differently? How are you going to act differently so that then those results don't happen anymore and you get the results that you actually want, right? And so the, the job was to simply practice for the following two weeks until our next session to just, you know, write an email, reread it maybe a couple of times, max, she was forbidden to read it more than a couple of times, and then hit send. So force herself to do that action of, okay, you can check it twice, and then you send it twice. Or I think there was another thing, which is you can sleep on it overnight. So you, you write it, you know, that day, you sleep on it, you reread it the next morning, and then you hit send. You do your edits, and then you hit send. So this practice of the physical movement, of the physicality of actually doing the thing that she was most afraid of, rewired her brain of like, I can do this, and there is no disasters happening, and the world isn't falling apart, and I didn't get fired, and I didn't get in trouble. And, you know, and so little by little, she gained... She, she rebuilt that confidence muscle. She built that new wave in her brain that she was actually capable of, of sending things. And that kind of like made the fear of, you know, I'm not good enough. I'm going to make a mistake. I'm going to get caught, which would, that was the belief is I'm going to get caught doing something bad mm. that slowly, little by little went away. Yeah. 
So that's what I got from that is the whole analysis paralysis. And I think that's what keeps a lot of people stuck, analyzing and logical. And that's being so what I call heady. You're so in your head. Do you ever teach or talk about how to get out of the analytical mind and and create that mind-body connection, connecting to our heart, intuition? Let's talk about that. Absolutely. Thank you for asking. So I'm also a mindfulness practitioner. I'm trained in MBSR. You know, so that's one of the, that's almost, and I think you and I talked earlier about the new positive intelligence movement, which is also very recent. It's less than one year old. So created by Shazad Shamin, it's a program that you can go through for seven weeks. It's an app on your phone and it's mindfulness practice on steroids with a background of explanation of neuroscience. So you've got weekly videos explaining what's actually happening in your brain. He calls it the sabotage and the sage, you know, saboteurs is your limbic brain, and the sage is your cortex. And then he calls, he talks about brain command. So going to the gym of the brain and becoming more in charge of your brain, you're in the driver's seat of your brain. Um, and you, you practice mind. So it's mindfulness on, on steroids. And what, so what I do with my clients is I explain to them, look at you, take, come, come stand with me and look at you right now and listen to you mostly. Can you hear you're on the hamster wheel of your thoughts? You're on the hamster wheel, like nonstop, right? You just like, so you need to get off the hamster wheel and you need to drop into your body. You need to just, and the reason why you need to drop into your body is you need to calm down. You need to bring your brain back into functioning mode. You need to calm your brain down and bring it back into rational cortex functioning mode and get out of limbic. And you can only do that if you go into your body and you start breathing and you calm down. And so the, the PQ program makes you do uh, um, through the senses, mindfulness through the senses. So being you know, high, highly tuned for two minutes on just touching your fingertips, for example, touching something, or for two minutes, just focusing on the sounds that you can hear. So through the, doing mindfulness through the senses, hyper-focusing on something for a couple of minutes gets you out of your mind, off the hamster wheel of your thoughts, into back into your body into calm and then also in the coaching school that I went to we talk about uh, process coaching it's called CTI the Co- Coactive uh, Training Institute and uh, we learn we we learn how to um, teach our clients to get into their bodies and really because the human the human being tends to run away from the misery of feeling bad right so when we have a strong emotion we're angry we're fearful we're very sad uh we're we're despaired we're you know scared whatever it might be it feels bad so it's much easier to stay here in the head and to just rationalize and talk about it and so very often i ask a client so how does that make you feel and he says well it's like um, I think that, and they, they continue telling you about their thoughts, right? And so it's really difficult to bring people back into, no, no, but I asked you how it feels. Where does it live in your body? Where do you feel it right now? Is it in, you know, are you, are you choked? Is it, are you, do you have knots anywhere? And as you're looking, does, is it evolving? Is it changing shape? Is it changing, you know, uh, colors? Um, what's changing? Continue noticing, stay in your body. And that's another way of just, dropping into your body and getting out of your head and getting out of this overdrive that your brain is into um, so that you can go back to rational thinking and calm. What that makes me think of is what I call like monkey mind. And, And we're used to living in that high beta stress mode. Go, go, go. And so that's when I kind of talk about it's time to be more of a human being rather than a human doing. Doing, yeah. So question on that, this mindfulness practice, it sounds like you help 
people create presence through breath work, through tenches. Um, no, what did you say? Tactile uh, or through, through the senses, through the senses, senses you know, Thank do, you. yeah. And so how can, cause I love giving tangible takeaways for listeners to get that if they're watching this and listening and go, wow, I am in this high beta stressed out mode. I, I want to change my relationships or my health or how I see myself that I'm super self-critical, but I know it's time to be more loving and compassionate, but I don't, I don't even know how to get there. Yeah. Where do you start? So you start with the, I call it the ABCD of, of doing that, of, of overcoming challenges or, but the, the A is awareness. Mm-hmm. The A the A is awareness. And so it's about realizing that you're flipped out, that you're in that state of like, but I hate you and I don't like you and you're doing this to me. Why are you doing this to me? Or so that's like, so you've got to first like, oh, here I go again, noticing it, right? And then the B is backing off. So deciding, I, I, I give my clients the uh, metaphor of a dog on a leash. So your dog has, you know, you're in the woods with your dog and there's one of those extensive leash and your dog sees a squirrel over there and goes for the, for, goes for the, the squirrel, right? So the first thing is like, oh, there goes my dog, awareness, B, backing off, bringing the dog back. I need to bring the dog back. I need to just, or I need to back off. I need to calm myself down, right? I also teach parent education classes. So for the parent in the middle of a power struggle with a kid, it's like, you're realizing you're screaming at your kid. You're deciding you don't want to do that. You don't know how to do something else though. So you just go to the bathroom and you lock the door and you take a few deep breaths. So that's backing off, right? And the C is for calming down. And so that's what you do is do you then find something that is doable. Now it's gotta be practical, doable. Nobody, not everybody can be like a Buddhist monk on the top of a Tibetan mountain for eight hours a day, right? We're in real life, like we have stuff to do. We have a kid screaming, a bus demanding something, a spouse yelling at us, so, you know? So we gotta react in the moment, but you, we always have 30 seconds. We all, one minute, I challenge your listeners to put their phone on for one minute or two minutes and just deciding, even if you're in the middle of a meeting or you're driving, or you're in the middle of a fight one or two minutes to just stop and take a few deep breaths so the easiest thing the most common thing because we all breathe and we all know how to do it is just to say okay i'm gonna pay attention on purpose to my breath for one minute with a timer right and i'm gonna breathe in through my nose all the way to the top and then i'm gonna exhale through my mouth all the way to the bottom and I do this for one minute and in one minute you have time for maybe two maybe three breaths max depending on how fast you breathe right that's it that's it and that's all it takes if you don't if you're not good at breathing or you don't like breathing or it doesn't you know you can just take your fingers and just like wrap your fingers against each other fingertips so that so with so much attention that you can feel all the ridges of all of your fingers touching one another or you can rub your hands and you can feel the heat of the hands against each other. So you can do a tactile thing. You can do an auditory thing. And just like, like right now I'm talking to you, but at the same time, I can, I hear the noises around. Like I just heard of a plane go by, you know, so this, this attuneness that you can kind of like hone in for a minute or two, which brings your nervous system back to calm. And now you can deal with whatever issue you're dealing with. What's D? D is decide and do. So then you go into action. Once you have become aware and you've calmed, you've backed off, you've calmed down, 
now you can decide and do what you're going to, what you could choose your action. I love this. So ultimately it's the power of the pause when you feel triggered. Okay. Yes. I love that. And, but I love acronyms and takeaways and it's like, okay, become aware, bring that untamed dog back, calm down and then act. So this is about being proactive, not reactive, not knee jerk reactions, power of the pause and then go back. And every time you do that, you create a new synapse in your brain. Every time you do that, instead of just going straight for the eight lane highway that's in your bread, that is the reactive lane that you've had ever since you were little, that you've become really good at. That's your eight lane highway in your brain. It's like when somebody says to me, X, I react Z, you know, and that's kind of like the eight lane highway. But by doing the pause, by doing the ABCD, you're creating a new little path and so it's a jungle in the beginning you're like with your machete and you're creating a new path in the jungle but the more you travel the more you stop yourself and and you take that new little path instead of the eight lane highway now you're the eight lane highway is starting to have cracks and potholes and plants growing on it and your little path in the jungle is becoming wider deeper clearer and you're taking that new road I love that's a great visual. So here's a question for you. In this neuroscience and understanding and starting to implement these new techniques, how can we change that narrative? And as an example, I would like to talk about, uh, I just got off a coaching call and this was his example. He very much lives in a lack and scarcity mentality. And I know that comes from his childhood and and what he was raised in and what he believes. Mm -hmm. I think a lot of people experience this. So if Mm -hmm. we're sitting in a space of lack, scarcity, financial, not enoughness, How can we become aware and change the narrative? Because here's a visual that came to me in the last couple of days, that money money is always flowing. Money is always there. It's like a faucet. So we can turn it on and just have a trickle or we can turn it on and free flowing. It is always there. But I think it's our narrative, right? I agree. How do we change the narrative? By changing the narrative. (laughs) So I'm sorry, I'm being glib on you, but uh, um, you know, the Nike thing, just do it. Truly, it applies here. So um, I'm an Adlerian coach, Alfred Adler psychology, Adlerian psychology. Adler is considered the father, the grandfather of all modern psychotherapy and coaching. And, uh, and so we do a lot of exercises on trying to find where those stories come from, because like we talked about, it's important to understand where it's coming from so you can change it, right? If you don't know what the narrative is, you can't really change it. So anyway, the narrative is, um, you know, I, I grew up in a family where uh, money was scarce. So, you know, my parents, I remember my parents always saying, you know, we can't buy this. We don't have enough money. You know, we're not going to be able to pay the rents. And that might be the, the, the recurring story, the narrative in the head. Right. And so you, as a, as a, as a Mr. Client, you get to rewrite that story. So write the original narrative, write those things that are popping up in your head with my clients. I talk a lot about their saboteurs. You know, those are the, those little negative voices that often come from childhood. So write that particular narrative down. And then your homework between now and next session is to rewrite it, write a new narrative that is going to be the story that you wanna live by from now on. And again, it's exactly what we just talked about. As soon as you do that, your eight lane highway is 
it's not enough money. I'm not going to get enough to have enough to pay the rent. I'm not going to have enough to retire. I won't be able to pay for college for my kids, right? That's your eight lane highway. But you rewrite that narrative and you say, I'm not my parents. And so my new narrative is, you know, um, I have plenty and there will, uh, there will be enough. Things will always be okay because I trust myself and my capacity to, to make a living. And um, from now on, I will live from a place of trust and uh, trust in myself and abundance. And that's what you write. That's your new narrative. And then you decide that you start living that way. So next time the thought crosses your mind, oh my God, you know, your, your kid wants, you know, a new toy or whatever, the new iPhone, and you're like getting a panic attack. So you do the ABCD, you're noticing you have a panic, panic attack, you become aware, you, you back off, you calm yourself down, you breathe, you calm yourself down, you say, oh, that's the narrative. What, where did I write that new narrative? Okay, I'm deciding this now instead. And you say, okay, son, I don't know how we're going to figure this out but we are, let's go to the store and then we're gonna figure out a payment plan. We're gonna to work together. You're gonna to help me pay for this, whatever, right? So I'm, I'm, meanwhile, what am I doing in my brain? I did refuse to go down the highway and instead I went down my little path in the jungle and I'm creating a new path, right? So that's, that's how. So question for you, because I think, and that's great. I understand rewriting the narrative. Or, you know, people are really big on affirmations. And I think affirmations are a great start. However, what I would like to ask you is affirmations are still the tip because that's still the thinking mind. And I have realized the importance of I can't just think this new thought. I have to feel abundant. Yes. Yes. So how do you teach that you, yes, saying this new statement, but when you, when you think it and you feel it, then you're raising your vibe, your energy, your, your thinking, being, doing this new version of you. And that's how you're going to also pave these new highways. Right. So hold on. What is your question? How do you get to feel it? How do you get to get that emotion? Yeah. I I think it's important to combine thought and feeling. Right. So what I, you, you gave me that little model of the thought, the thought model that you told me, right. Thought leading to emotion, leading to action, leading to results. Right. So uh, if you change your narrative, so you change your thinking and you say, I'm going to go, I'm going to be fine. Right. You got to fake it till you make it. So the way that you create that emotion is in the beginning, it's not really there. You don't really trust yourself. You've written it because your coach told you to, but you're not there yet. But the thing is, so you, you bypass the emotional thing. You just say, okay, I'm just going to not feel anything at all. I'm just going to refuse to feel. Come on, son, let's go to the, 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 the Apple store. We're going to look at iPhones. You're now in action, right? So your action is you're going to the iPhone store. The result is that you're buying an iPhone. Then you're okay. Somehow you make it work because you've paid for it. So that's it. you you got to figure it out. And now your emotions change because now you have proof in the pudding that this actually worked out. Right. And so you fake it till you make it. Alfred Adler, the guy I just mentioned, he said, you pretend as if. Yeah. So the action, the movement, the doing of life, because see, life happens at the level of movement, of action, not of thoughts, not of words. That doesn't matter what's in our heads. What matters is what do we do? And as we do, then we create 
new feelings. Then we create belief in ourselves. Then we, we prove to ourselves that we can, that it's working, that it's actually happening. And now as a result, we can feel the emotion. We can relax. We can trust. We can, uh, we, we can believe, you know, do you see what I mean? So it's just like how you, it's just like framed a little bit differently. Uh, but in the beginning, you just have to, you just have to trust your coach. She, she told you to write the narrative and she told you to live it. So you're going to go do this. And now you're starting to feel different. I just, yeah. And I agree with a lot of that. The only thing is I believe more in taking that inspired action, because if you're still taking action from mm-hmm. a fear-based mentality, like, all right, well, I don't know how I'm going to get new clients. So I just, I got to go market and create new content. That's going to be a very low energetic vibe versus when you're thinking and feeling abundant and then, and then you take inspired action because you feel good to go create content. I just see two different results. Right, right, right. So yeah, I see what you mean. Yeah, yeah. I misunderstood your question. So, so, well, you tell me, because I'm curious to hear how you do it with your clients. How do okay. you get your clients to, uh, to get to that place of feeling when they're not sure yet? They haven't been there. So you, you create the new thought, but how do you help them feel that then and, and become inspired and, and believers and stuff? So I do. I kind of have a three-step process. It's to think, speak, and act as if. So if I give you an affirmative statement, And you can accept or reject it. But if I give you this new affirmative statement, but that doesn't resonate with you, then that's not the right statement. I understand the idea of fake it till you make it because you're building this new mindset muscle. But okay, let's come up with an affirmative statement that feels good to you that you can actually cling on to and go, oh no, okay, yes. I am so happy and grateful now that fill in the blank or... um, you know, money is flowing freely to me, whatever. But if it's total bullshit to you, then you're not going to have back it with authentic right. feeling. You've so got I to have that resonance, that resonance, I, right? You've yeah. got to find the right statement to say is what that's, you're saying. That's what I think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no, I agree with that 100%. So if you're, if you're pushing people to act act or, or even think or speak some of these thoughts and they just don't feel genuine, they see, still don't believe them. I agree with you. You're going to have that very resistive energy that's going to get in the way of it happening, right? So you've got to help your, we've got to help people. People need to find what actually deeply feels true. What actually deeply, what do you yearn for? What do you yearn for and how? So I do something and I'm actually about to release a book on psychodrama. I don't know if you've ever heard about that. Psychodrama is psychology through theater. So it's group therapy through theater and you can apply psychodrama to coaching, uh, which is really to help people incarnate, uh, you know, like, like, playing a new playing a role becoming an actor and so you can help somebody find what that authentic thing is by actually asking them to step into a different persona and and then try on different things you can try on different costumes different personas different roles um different affirmations until you find one that's right right and and because they're actually putting it into their bodies because Mm. it's theater like you know yes i believe that i can do this and you have them do that movement then they're putting it into the physicality and if if they go like yes and they kind of like hesitate you can see you can see it and you they can feel in their body that just isn't the right thing right so um yes resonance is fundamental for this all this to work for people to actually 
make those shifts and those changes and um, succeed in what they want. I'm curious to learn from you. Do you have some morning or daily rituals or practices that you do to continue building that mindset muscle to stay forward focused, to stay on track? What are you doing? Oh, a million. <laughs> We're going to spend another hour. Yes, I have a whole pretty much uh, probably hour long morning routine of a, of a suite of things that I do every morning. And some of them are physical, you know, there's some yoga, there's some stretching, there's some tapping, EFT, uh, if you know what that is. Uh, there's some Tai Chi. Uh, there is definitely uh, prayers and, and mantras, things that I say every day, including Buddhist, Buddhist prayers and mantras, which I think are, are really uh, have been foundational in my changing. And so that's like my morning kickoff of the day. Then there's a lot of uh, reading. I have a whole, you know, I have a gazillion inspirational books and I pick one, whatever, wherever my hand reaches, you know, is the one I'm supposed to be reading. I open any page I read, I share it with the world because I care a lot about I think all of that is all for me, but that doesn't do anything. You know, I really want to go and share it with people. So I do. Um, and then throughout the day, what I do is I take pauses. So I definitely go outside. I read on your website, nature. Oh my God. So can I tell you a story about that? So yesterday yeah. I am um, walking in the woods. I don't have a lot of time. So I've squeezed it in between a couple of appointments. It was a gorgeous day. And when my husband died, I don't know if we talked about this in, in, in public yet, but my husband died a few, a few years ago. And when he died, my kids asked him how he was going to come back. And he said, I'm going to come back in nature. So whenever you see butterflies or bluebirds, you'll know that I'm there for you. Right. And so, sorry, I might start crying here, but anyway, so yesterday I'm working on my newsletter as I'm walking in the woods and I'm trying to really come up with the theme of the newsletter and I'm struggling. And at some point I think of my husband and, and, his wisdom and what he taught me and his lessons and courage, et cetera, as he was going through his cancer. And sure enough, right at that minute, a bluebird fly, bluebird flies literally over my head. And we don't see them very often here, literally over my head and goes perch, perches on the branch right in front of me. And it, it happens a bit, quite a bit, but when, when it happened, it just like every time it makes me just cry and gives me chills, you know? So, um, okay. I got, caught up in my story. What did you ask me? I forget what just you your me. daily practices and rituals. Oh, right, right. So walking in nature and connecting with nature, because, uh, because I think it's so fun to, again, for resting the nervous system for, yeah. you know, the, the, this feeling that we're one with the universe, etc. And, uh, uh, in addition to the exercise, of course, and then those those micro mindfulness practices throughout the day. So that monkey mind that you were mentioning before, I put I take the monkey out of my brain, I put it in my shoulders regularly throughout the day, and I kind of like take scans of what's going on. So how's the energy between the two of us? Like, what's your surroundings? What my what's my surroundings? What's my body telling me? So constant mindfulness practice of of uh, noticing and then gratitude big gratitude practice also so those are those are the main ones i think my takeaway from all that is you are very mindful and intentional with how you're spending your day where your actions are your energy and and that's how you become a conscious creator absolutely so question for you because we only got to kind of you know, just a tip of the iceberg about neuroscience and what you shared today, but what is one key takeaway you want listeners to get? That this is not hard. Rewiring your brain and shaping you into a new person 
that's that's the better version of you that you want for yourself is not hard. It sounds like it's like woo-woo stuff or it sounds like it's really hard neuroscience stuff. It is actually much easier than going to the actual gym. So if you have 250 pounds or 150 pounds to lose or 50 pounds to lose and you, you know going to the gym and working with a personal trainer and going on the diet, that's going to take a long time. And then that's going to be hard blood, sweat, and tears, right? Rewiring your brain is not that hard. It doesn't hurt as much. It's not as painful. It is just this constant mindfulness and this constant practice. You know, I really love that metaphor of the dog on the leash. You just keep bringing the dog back. You keep bringing the dog back and you tell the dog, you train the dog to do what you want it to do. You create new neural pathways in your brain. It's not very painful. It does take a while, you know, it doesn't happen overnight. So it does take practice and rigor, but it's not that hard and it's certainly not painful. And the result is mind blowing. The result is mind blowing. The fact that you can create yourself anew and become the person, the, the version of yourself that you want to become. And then the world is your oyster. You get to do what you want and be who you want to be. I couldn't agree more. And it just reminds me of the book by Napoleon Hill, Outwitting the Devil. And in that he talks about, you know, I think our biggest problem is an undisciplined mind, kind of like an undisciplined dog. So it dog. is, <laughs> exactly. yeah, just training. It's just about training, but you're right. Consistency, repetition, and then it's yours. What I would like to do to wrap up the interview is ask you a few rapid fire questions. Okay. The first one, what is a quote or motto that you live by? This too shall pass. Mm. Is that just to like not attach to something or just to know that? It's a, it's a vow and a decision to have hope, mm. to, to know that there's light at the end of the tunnel, to know that, you know, Life is about change. This will change. This will pass. It'll be okay in the end. Love that. What is a book you're currently reading or highly recommend? Um, okay, it's on my nightstand and I cannot, I have very bad memory. I cannot remember the, the title of it. So, um, whew, stomping me. Ask me another one and I'll hopefully the book will come up. Okay. Final question. What advice would you give your younger self? Um, it's not all about you. It's not all about you. And uh, when, you, um, when you do for others, in the end, you're better off. I found a book that, is, okay. uh, that I just got from John O'Donoghue, and it's called The Invisible Embrace Beauty, Rediscovering the True Sources of Compassion, Serenity, and Hope by the wonderful uh, Irish poet John O'Donoghue. So it's kind of my, one of my morning books that I was just telling you about with um, uh, poems and uh, stories of just beauty and how to find beauty in the world. So it's an anchor. Mm, yes, I love that. What a great note to end on. And Pascal, thank you so much for joining me today. Thanks for having me, Heather. It was truly a pleasure. I enjoyed this. I'd love to do it again. It was so fun. Thanks for tuning into today's episode. I'd love it if you could leave a review and remember to subscribe and share this episode with your friends. If you haven't yet, connect with me on the social platforms. You can add me on Instagram at heather.hakes and subscribe to my YouTube channel. I'll catch you on the next episode.